Hey friends, welcome to the Next Step Leadership Podcast, a conversation dedicated to helping you make your next step your best step. I'm Tracy Reynolds, and my partner in crime for the Next Step journey is Chris Maxwell. Together we hope to inspire, assist, and create the confidence you need to take your next step in your personal growth, your vocation, your spiritual life, or maybe your calling. Thanks for joining us. Well, come on, let's dive into this week's episode of Next Step Leadership. Hello, Chris Maxwell here with Tracy Reynolds, Next Step Leadership. Uh, Tracy, in our in our last two conversations, uh, we we had the honor of talking to a dear friend, John Campbell, and uh, you, so you, good. Yeah, wasn't wasn't it nice just uh, spending time with him, but also listening to his story of of life with hurt, life with grief. Um, but you know the the title of our conversation here, the theme is next step leadership, and yeah. and as we were talking to John, we could see that in him. He's a, he's a leader. He's humble. He's willing to cry. He's willing to talk about his hurt and his pain. But but those are the the leaders that we need. Those are these young leaders that you and I see hope in. Um, so many people see like the future. It, there's no hope for the future. And and you and I have the opportunity to look at the John Campbells of this world, and we're like, no, there is hope for the future. One of the great things about getting a few years under our belts is to being able to look back and see the John Campbells. I mean, it, it's, I just swell. I, I guess it's okay to be proud. There's a level of good pride with that, but it's also gratitude. And I just see how the Lord is, is crafting his life and, and the wonderful young man. And, and I'm just almost in awe of the things that come off their lips. Well, I was this weekend, uh, for anybody in church world, sometimes uh, I've worked with students for a long, long time. I was a youth pastor before I was at the college. For you know, so all my adult life, I've really worked with the next generation of leaders, and I still contend. You know, I get to work with teenagers because college freshmen are still eighteen and nineteen years old, right? So we were at a, a conference this weekend. It was a district fine arts festival, and oh my goodness, you know, we're talking like fifty-five students from our local church. And we're talking about introverts and extroverts and kids getting on the stage and, and, and doing things that they didn't think they could do and battling their comfort zones and getting up and, and getting blown away by people that you said, you go, man, I didn't even know they could do that. But there were three words that were on every insignia and every doorway and every slide about this. And it, it was three D's that I've, I've used for most of my adult life. And I don't know who came up with them, but they are basically Discover, develop, deploy, the three Ds. And feeling like that we're, we're, our job is to help our students, our, our kids, uh, the people that work around us, help them to discover, and in, in my role at the church even, helping the new members and our guests move into assimilation in, but help them discover their gifts if they haven't already, their spiritual gifts, their personality, the things that they do well, and then help to develop that and then deploy that or put it into good use in serving other people. Well, wow. John inspired me this morning in that. Yeah, that's good. Well, let, let's take uh, time for each of those three. Uh, walk us through some specific suggestions, and then I'll follow up with some ideas of how, how can we apply those three uh, words, those three goals in everyday life leadership, in business leadership, in church leadership, uh, as we're thinking of the next step leaders. Well, let me start with this. We are lifelong learners. I mean, 
I feel like that I am learning more, like podcasting. I know so little about this, and we get to do this, and, and I'm just still learning things every week. We're stumbling through how to do this. Well, so, so we're learning. So we're continuing to grow there. So discovery is a lifelong thing. We want to never get tired of discovering. We need to keep curiosity to the front. Learn to ask good questions. Um, I've got more questions and better questions today than I've ever had in my life. Um, And probably I'm still pursuing good answers. And I love going back and forth with it. So discovery means, okay, it could be finding out about your temperament, your personality. And that could be as simple as taking a DISC or a Myers-Briggs test or going online or Enneagram or whatever. Just, but, but don't try to put myself in a box. I'm just trying to discover more kind of what's my default? Why am I a bit this way? Why, do I, and why am I uh, more um, a people person or an extroverted? I'm around, being around people gives me energy uh, while being alone in my office takes away energy. Uh, you know, finding out those things about myself, discovering that, and putting myself in a position where I can learn more with other people about me and about other people. That's good. Uh, I think we often miss that, though, um, because we can become, not, not everybody and all the time, but we can become so obsessed with the duties and tasks that we fail to discover who we are and, and who we are crafted uh, to be. Um, it, it's, it's better to uh, think about it as, well, I, I love the way that uh, Frederick Buechner, he's one of my favorite authors, and I love the way he describes the way to understand that, that we are best to do vocationally. Uh, it's that place we need most to be and where we are needed most. Mm. It's, it's where uh, the world's deep hunger and our deep gladness intersect. And, and isn't that a great way to look at it? And I work mm-hmm. with students a lot, and we put lines here, these this gift of talents. These are the things you love to do that you need most to do. And, and over here is a list of things that are needed in this world to do. Where's that intersection? And it's pretty cool to think about that each of us um, are, are given these opportunities into the to enter this new adventure of life to pursue goals. Uh, the one caution here, though, is we could have a tendency to let um, some of the struggles in life flavor us. And maybe we really are a people person. Tracy, maybe we really are wired that way and we need to be around people, but we've been hurt by people in the past, so we run away from that. We avoid it. That's why we need uh, people that we can talk to and work through that, uh, because we may have built a wall here uh, mm-hmm. where a wall does not belong, and we need to, to push through that, to break it, to work through it, because that can be that opportunity that we're missing. Yeah, I so agree. Um, and the discovery never stops. I mean, it's almost like there's like an onion. You've got layers, and it just keeps going. You learn more and more about that. I mean, for example, I, I have, oh, and I hate admitting this, but, but it's true. There's a part of me, and you well know this, that I can be defensive. Well, you know what I hate being? Defensive. Hmm. And when I catch myself being defensive, I know it before anybody says it. Um, but well, here's what I'm defensive about. I'm defensive about the people that I love. I'm defensive about um, when anybody would attack my kids. But, you know, it's funny. I grew up with two brothers. 
And, you know, we picked on each other and we had those fights. And I remember one time I bit my brother and I got in big time trouble for that. Don't recommend it, by the way. But if you ever came at one of my brothers, oh, man. There would be terror to pay because, man, you had to come through me or you had to come through my older brother or my younger brother to get to me. Well, that's kind of the deal. But sometimes I just can, can, and so I have to work at that. Now that I know that, I don't let it define me. I just know I tend towards that in certain circumstances, and I can usually feel it rising up. And, and I wish sometimes I can catch myself, but sometimes I was in a conversation just the other day, and it was and people that know us the most and love us the most, they know where our buttons are. And it was like he was near that button, and he just kept going and kept going, and finally he pushed the button, and out came some defensiveness, and immediately we both knew it, and we addressed it. And I had to back off. Instead of reacting, I was able to respond. And, mm. you know, and, I, and when you're around somebody, I, I apologize, but I didn't have to apologize. They knew it was just me being me. And, and God's rubbing off those rough edges in my life. But thankfully, I know that about myself. So I can kind of have my guard up and stuff. Very good. So that's Very part good. of Discover, right? It is. Okay. What's the second one again? Develop. Mm. Develop. So we discover what's there and these opportunities, but we have to spend and invest time in developing that. Well, my daddy was uh, a printer, and part of the process, he had a little small business, was that he kind of did everything, learned all the process. But back in the day, when you took a photograph, you took it and you put it in these different solutions to develop it. And when you put it in, you couldn't see any of the images. that They were already there, but the chemicals helped to, and I'm saying it all wrong, I get that for you photographers out there, but you know what? He was able to kind of pull things out, and over time, put the right solutions in. The images came out, and they were crisp and clean. Well, I feel like developing is the same way, that as we try it, sometimes it's trial and error. Sometimes you just try something new. Uh, I was working with our, our new members yesterday, and I said, look, you may not know yet what you're to do, but just try some different things. And if you hate it, I have a saying, if you don't like it, you don't ever have to do it again. Mm-hmm. So you try new stuff, and maybe you're, you just find, man, I really love that, or I'm really good at that. And one of the good indicators is that people who love you will say, you know what, Chris, you're really good at that. Discover. Yeah, and I think as you discover what that is, and then you help begin developing it and crafting it and designing it, you're like, okay, I, I've learned this much about not the, only the task and the duty, but I've learned this much about myself, mm-hmm. and that can motivate me to go ahead and take the next uh, step. So what, did, what would be the third one? Well, the third one, you move from developing that, and I think repetitively doing that again and again and again, to now deploying it where I'm going to. And deploy, that's like a strong word, uh, but it just means you put it into practice, put it into practicals. And I like to think about it this way, not just doing it to, to do it, but in act of service, I'm offering this as my gift. If it's music, then you play as unto the Lord. If it's writing, like this weekend, uh, just before we went to the awards ceremony, I read the poem written by this sweet young girl that I just dearly love. And, and she said, I've got it on my phone if you'd like to read it. So she pulled her phone over and read it through. And I was in tears by the end. And an hour later, she won the, the district on that. But it was just one of those beautiful things that she's developing that and she's putting it to use and she did it for the glory of God. And I think she'll write more of that. I, I talked with her parents 
an hour before that, she says, you know, we never get to see that stuff. That she always plays her music behind closed doors. Well, I think the whole deploying part is you take it outside the closed doors and you begin to offer it as unto the Lord because you realize, wait a minute, this is not just for me. I think of Chris Maxwell. Chris, what if you never wrote those 10 books? Hmm. What if you just kept all that in instead of somebody somewhere had to say, Chris, you need to offer that and, and put that out there? And if they had not been willing to do that and to challenge me, uh, there are writers right now that I'm trying to challenge. You know, we just finished talking to to John Campbell in the last two sessions, and I can remember talking to him. I'm like, John, this this that you wrote was therapeutic for you. You needed to do this, but others need to read it, and and it can connect with them. Um, and I mean, look at your gifts, Tracy. You and I have a close relationship, and we can challenge each other in the healthy way and encourage one another. And and man, I believe in you. I believe in you, and I can I can say that, and you can say that to me, and we we encourage. And then we have the opportunity to work with students as they are learning and developing their crafts. But we cannot wait for them to be perfect until we give them opportunities because that will never happen. And we have never been perfect. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and we have opportunities. And uh, you were talking about, uh, you know, those students who were in the in the competition and, mm-hmm. and trying to learn how to do a craft better and to to learn, but make presentations and to be to to be graded and to be selected to go into a next level. And and that can that can sound very challenging at times. But one of the one of the students who was going to that same event that, that you were attending and helping lead, um, he met with me and we had this wonderful conversation. And his plan was just to explain to me the sermon he was going to preach. He was learning how to be a speaker and he was going to be a part of that group and that in that uh, section of talent. And he, he, was, he was going to kind of read me his plans and talk to me all about it. And I said, just close your computer and look at me. And tell me the story. Tell me what you're going to say. Because I wanted to hear, was it coming from his heart? And then he, he was able to tell it. And then we talked about ways to improve the craft and work on it. But just listening to him tell his story. And then when I received a text message from him the other night uh, that he had been advanced to the next level and he's, he's going to the nationals, that was like so encouraging. And I think as, as we are all leaders thinking of next step, those three examples you gave us, those are ways that we can lead well, but lead others toward their next step. Because you and I have said it before, Tracy, as I'm leading and I'm thinking, what is the next step? I may not be the one taking the next step. That's right. My role is to help someone prepare to take yep. their next step, which may have been the next step in this area that I'm leading. Yeah. As you're talking about that, I'm thinking, man, the word coaching. It was your coaching. I think probably, so maybe it's about discovering and developing and deploying your own gifts, but better still, helping to coach other people to help them discover and them develop and them deploy and doing doing exactly what you did, coming alongside and saying, listen, close your computer. Let's do that again. And just coaching. My mind went nuts because I remember I did a jazz band that I was working with. I shared about that a couple episodes ago. And the smartest thing I did with that was when I found five other coaches to help the saxophone player, the bass player, the guitar player, the drummer, because I know just enough about those things to be dangerous. And I just coached the trumpet player and the keyboard player, something I know a little bit about. But it was the coaching 
that took that made the difference, I believe, and it's when they began to make music. And when I heard them all together, I was I thought to myself, listening to them play the other day, I wish the coaches could hear what I hear. Mm. Because it was just incredible to me. And it would never have happened. And I would say that for that student, I just know for a fact, if you had not done that, he probably wouldn't have won. Mm. What an opportunity we have. Privilege. Yeah. And thinking of of next steps, uh, the the steps that we are to take, let us us take them knowing that there are others around us helping us take those steps, not taking them alone, not leading as a control freak, (laughs) defining and defending our efforts, but, but leading well with others, helping us and guiding us, but making sure that we have others that we are guiding and directing in this journey. Isn't that an honor, Tracy, to do this? What a joy. What a joy. We get to do this. Yes, we get to. And and it's an honor again to be a part of this with you as we are living in this this life of uh, realizing, even when it doesn't feel like it, even when things seem to be going against us, but choosing, put a smile on our face, not a fake smile, but a deeper Mm -hmm. joy and realize the next step is the best step. Thanks for joining us on Next Step Leadership, the weekly conversation dedicated to your personal growth and leadership development. Chris and I are so glad you dropped in. You can find us on all your favorite podcast providers. Hey, do us a favor and hit subscribe. And if you really want to help us, give us a rating. We so appreciate your support. Chris Maxwell is the author of 10 books, including Pause with Jesus, Underwater, A Slow and Sudden God, and his latest book of poetry, Embracing Now. You can find links to all of his work and our social media information at our website, nextstepleadership.buzzsprout.com. Our featured music is by Casual Americans. Follow them on Instagram at Casual Americans. And new music is coming soon. We release Next Step Leadership each Thursday, so join us next week on the Next Step Journey, a conversation dedicated to helping you make your next step your best step.